Priscilla. We have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs. <laughs> And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, look, I, look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. We're doing something special today, a little Friday session because of some uh, late-breaking news last night, or uh, I guess it would be community source-breaking news. Uh, it may not actually be news. We'll find out Saturday whether it's true or not or what's going on. Uh, but we're back with the old man. How's it going, old man? How's your How's your Friday afternoon going? Uh, it's been busy. I mean, it's been a busy morning just with uh, regular daily uh, grind and errands and, uh, uh, you know, that type of stuff. But also been very busy just watching what the hell's going on in college football, but more especially what's going on at the FSU quarterback situation, which I know you're going to lead us into. And I think we finally have some confirmation I, oh no let's say clarification of the rumors that have been circulating since last night yeah yes we'll dive we'll be sure to dive into that so thank you all for joining us luckily i had a half day today so i could we could get out a special live show uh today so uh thank you to my employer for that um so yeah we're gonna dive into the latest rumors we're gonna preview of course the matchup because we could talk about the rumors all day and what may be going on, who may start, blah, blah, blah. and we'll talk about how they may that it may impact this weekend's matchup because it absolutely will. Um, and uh, we'll talk about what's going on in the portal. We had some new recruitment news, some big news for Florida State that landed another uh, defensive back, Patrick Sertain, doing his job, doing a great job on the recruiting trail. So, uh, yeah, Florida State is looking like they may sign one of their best defensive back classes of all time, uh, potentially. So we'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's, well, let's dig into that. We'll talk about the Louisville preview. That'll be in the middle part of a section. So going on in the portal, there is some stuff going on before we get into Louisville preview. So one of the things I wanted to bring up first and get everyone's opinion on was this rumor. Once again, there's a lot of – with the portal, everyone who's entered, I think there's already like 2,000, 3,000-plus people. And, and as a reminder, the portal doesn't officially open till December 4th, and then it's open for, I, I think, a two-week period before the, the summer or the early um, spring. But December 4th is the official open day. So people can't really commit, I don't believe, until the 4th. But what happened was a quarterback we all know from formerly of Clemson, DJ Ugalala. Sorry, I can't pronounce the name. DJ, I can't. DJ, I'm not going to butcher. Say DJ. Yeah, DJ, I'm not going to uh, butcher your last name. But DJ from Oregon State, who had a pretty good year at Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon State was top 10 at one point this year. Um, he has put his name into the portal. And it looks like 
Florida State has been linked to him as one of the two teams that has reached out to him so far. This came to me as the surprise um, because, as we all know, there's been a ton of quarterbacks that have already put their name into the portal or, or who will be entering the portal at some point. Um, you know, Cam Ward at Washington State. Um, the Kansas saw, State guy, Will the Howard. State, Jay, yeah, uh, Will Howard we talked about earlier in the week. Uh, you saw Max Johnson. He already committed to UNC, it looks like. Well, we know um, JT Daniels is not going to go into the portal. He's retiring because of a series of concussion protocols, okay. and his doctors have said he should step away from there. the game. So and smart it, smart decision for him. He's going to go into coaching. So he also, will also not his be in the portal. fifth school in four years, I believe. So, But, yeah, yeah. good for him um, going to the coaching route there. But there's been a ton of, of a quarterback going to the portal and good quarterbacks at that. Yeah, good one. Um, and, and this is another one of them in, in DJ. Um, you know, formerly at Clemson, he, he, he led them what? for a couple of years and then he transferred over to the Oregon State, who who he had a very good year 20 touchdowns, I think seven TDs, um, and, and led their offense pretty well. But I was surprised to see this is the only quarterback, a quarterback in the portal that I've seen Florida State's link name linked to. The other team, obviously, is Oregon. I believe his brother played at Oregon, and that's why the other name came up there. I see that as a more natural fit, but I was interested that. This is this is the name, the only quarterback's name, because we we've gone back and forth whether or not Florida State's going to explore a transfer quarterback this year. I said they would. You said they would. I I thought that the next three games would be very telling in terms of how Florida State attacked the portal quarterback wise. This would be Tate's kind of audition to see how he operates in the offense and and give him three meaningful games. Right? We saw Florida. We would we would have seen Louisville, and we would see either playoff games or you would see a bowl game. But I thought. Norvell would use these next three games to see what he has and whether or not he needs to bring in like a senior, you know, senior transfer for a year, but uh, to allow Brock and allow these freshmen to come in and get some, get some experience underneath them or development underneath them before he lets them uh, uh, compete for the spot. But yeah, this is an interesting update. And I think this may be a sign to your point that Florida state is, is going to look and if they can find a right guy with one year, Max maybe two, but I think one year that can come in and lead this offense in a transition that they may take a they may take a feeler on them because once again next year is going to be a weird transition. You lose your your you know uh, irreplaceable leader Jordan Travis. You're going to lose guys like Keon Coleman. You're going to eventually lose guys like Johnny Wilson. You're going to lose a lot of offensive firepower. You're going to lose some linemen. It's going to be you know you're going to be looking for leadership you're going to be looking for a guy that can operate Norvell's offense at the highest level you won't want you don't want to go from 12 wins back down to eight or nine so you need someone that can drive the ball down the field and complement what you have in the running back side as well so yeah what what do you make of this what do you what, i saw this i was surprised what, well what, that, that that Norvell is is telling his uh, his crew hey if you see a guy start making contact don't commit to anything but right. start making contact I have I have a couple of questions. I think it's a very interesting, unconfirmed story. Obviously, uh, Dustin Lewis, who is a active media type guy, uh, not only uh, you know on Noel Game Day, but uh, uh, Twitter and all the other social media. My question is: Go back to the story. Go back okay. to the story. For I have a question about the story. I question these types of things where where who is his source on this does he quote a source or is it unnamed source 
Well, it's reported by on three. So on three, he was okay. reporting what reported. on three reports. So this guy reported. He's it. he's Dustin Lewis is picking up a story from Pete Nakos. Yes. Okay. Who who's obviously out there a lot in, in the media circle. He's not he's not tied to Florida State. Okay. The question is, where did he get the story? Now well, he could have got it. He could have got it from DJ. He could have got it from him. Uh, I, I'm always wondering where does the story originate from? Where does it get its legs from? So, okay, so he got it from him. Okay, it's interesting, but no FSU officials, let's let be clear, no FSU officials uh, uh, have, 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 have confirmed this. No. And I don't think any FSU media has asked anybody in the FSU office about it, correct? No. No. Because if you did ask a question, if FSU media asked a question, then the FSU office could say, we have no comment. You hear that in national news all the time. Yeah. So nobody has even asked the question, which is okay, because they don't want the distraction of this with two young quarterbacks going into this championship game. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So my next question is, let me ask you this about these quarterbacks that you ripped off and their names. Some high-profile guys, Will Howard, uh, DJ, um, Cam Ward at Cam Washington Ward, State. Is why are these guys, after having fairly successful years in these college at, at the at the places they're at, and some of them haven't, like DJ's only been there one year. Why are they entering the portal again? Here's my theory, and you tell me if I'm right. They actually want to upgrade their situations uh, and and go to a, let's say, a bigger brand market. It's kind of like guys in the pros. Why do you want to play in, uh, where the hell is it, Jacksonville versus New York or Los Angeles or Boston or someplace? They're bigger markets, correct? So, well, uh, Tallahassee what, isn't the biggest market. If we're talking no, no, if but Flor no, 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 no. But it's not about that. It's not about the city they're actually going to in that market. It's about the brand they're going to and the TV viewership yeah. that they're going to get more of. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's why some of these guys are doing it. Otherwise, the, the coaches haven't changed at Kansas State that I'm aware of. The coach hasn't changed at Oregon State. So I'm just curious about that. I don't want to make a big deal of it. What's your thoughts? I think it's a couple of things. I, I think you have a little bit of that. It's about more national exposure. You know, national exposure can do a couple of things. One, it, it can put you more like, you know, in the spotlight of scouts. And I think scouts are going to find kids either way. So I don't think it's a, it's a lot of that. That's not the majority of it. I think two is NIL opportunities. I think Florida State has better NIL. Well, schools like Florida State has better NIL opportunities than maybe Kansas State does. That's why someone like DJ or someone like Will Howard at Kansas State, someone at, like Cam Ward at Washington State, good point. You know, they can say, I'm balling out right now. I just came off a hot season, even though my team may not have been so great. But look what I did. I can go cash in on this. Whether, you know, I may not be NFL ready, but I can still get a check. So let me put my name in the lottery and see who comes asking for me, right? And see, see who's the highest bidder. And then based on that, I'll pick the best situation for he me. He could also be leveraging Oregon State. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Right? I mean, it's like it's like I don't know. Can these guys have agents now? I think they can. Not through the school, but I think they can. No, they not can through, have agents. They, 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 I believe they can have like NIL type agents. Yes. So, so 
so he could be even leveraging his own school pretty much like we see in free agency leveraging their the nil NFL. program Lever he can't leverage the school but like you said their nil setup yeah right well i just saw that story uh, at the ncaa's investigating unc about they were leveraging uh, that they thought drake may was leveraging nil or something or well, nil money to get paid to come back his junior year so, I mean, I don't blame these guys for doing it. First of all, I don't blame them because they're one play away, as we know with our quarterback, Jordan Travis, you could lose your entire career. I can see how most of these big stars in college football, NFL light as I call it, probably have, probably demand insurance policies from NIL, yeah. uh, you know, in that regard, because they can't do it ask for the school to do it we're not here to discuss all that tonight but i find that sh that stuff fascinating yeah so and, and yeah and just uh so and like you said on this report this guy could just be writing an article to get, to get clicks because as he says in it consider early contenders early contenders you know what that means is that that's who this guy thinks would be good fits for dj so once again we all well, no officials may have reached out from florida state probably haven't reached out from Florida State because once, once again, I think there's better quarterbacks available than DJ to fit Norvell's system if he really wants them. But what that word tells me, early contenders, lets me know that Peter Peter uh, uh, Nakos at, at on three is just trying to write an article. Get he's some reaching. He's yeah, reaching. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's assuming what could happen. Which because he knows Florida State's not going to answer to this, yeah, yeah. this question. That's fine. And that's you fine. Know? He's writing. And He's writing. That's that's he's trying to get clicks, and that's that's okay. That's now let's say this and wrap this topic up. Do I still believe after it's all over and done, the ACC championship's gone, the playoffs are done? Do I think Florida State, the recruitment office operations, is actively considering quarterbacks that are out there? My answer is a definite yes. I I would I would say. Like, like I said, kind of at the beginning, I do think they're evaluating the field and there is a, going to be a lot, a lot of quarterbacks available. And I think if they, like they said, these next three games, three to four games are going to be telling into what they have. And it's going to stink when we talk about if it isn't available because well, I it doesn't stink KB. It well, doesn't no, stink. It's I reality. It's you reality. You want to let it stinks because I think it was going to be a great evaluation period of what you had in Tate. And now well, it doesn't change that. Field. Yes, it, it does. It how does, does it change the you evaluation don't know what you have because they, If you have to wait all offseason, then you don't want to bring in a guy when you already have two, three other guys that are going to be in the, the room that you recruited to then throw off the throw off the entire chemistry of the team. If you like what you had in Tate, and this was this time that – to really get in there and, and see what he actually does in game time situations, but then he gets hurt and you can't see it, then you have to wait all offseason and say, well, do we bring a guy in that could piss off everyone in the room and cause, you know, someone else to transfer or cause, you know, cause a backup in, in the progression and development of these quarterbacks? Or do I have to take the risk that maybe Tate is Tate the guy, you know, because you can't, you didn't get to see him the last three games of the season when it was all on the line. That's what I meant. Okay, that's no, I, I think that's a valid point. I think that's a valid point. Because the biggest risk that Norvell does when you bring in anybody, and he's going to bring people in. Let's, let's, let's not say he's not going to bring people in. 
But when you bring in a potential leader of your locker room, which is the quarterback, okay, it can shake things up. And so you're right about that. That is the biggest risk that a head coach, Norvell or otherwise, risks when he brings a guy in. And it could dismantle his entire quarterback room. How many guys could see that and say, I'm the hell out of here. Tate would be a guy I'd probably consider leaving. Uh, 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 who am I thinking? <laughs> Help me. Duffy, Duffy Duff would leave. Well, Duffy's probably definitely. Duffy's going to leave probably anyways. And then uh, uh, Glenn. Okay, Brock Glenn. He, you know, and then you got Luke Cronkite. That's what I'm saying. And that's he, what I'm saying. He's a five-star guy. He may check out. He may say, I'm, I'm not playing this game. Careful. And that's why now, they have time. They have but, time. Look at all these names that are in here. These are all quarterbacks that have already entered. And, right. and a lot of these guys have played a lot of ball. Some of them a lot more than others. So, so I think it's going to be fascinating. But these are the topics I think we've we've brought up yeah, that yeah. go through the head coach's mind. But I do think they're actively looking at people. I think they'd be a fool not to. You have to. Yeah. That doesn't to, mean I'm not saying them. they're bringing a guy in. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying they're they're act. They could be. Look, they're looking you. If you're looking at linebackers and running backs and wide receivers. What are you going to do? Exclude the quarterback position? Makes no sense. Well, I think there's a lot more needs on this team than just quarterback. That should be priority. Oh, uh, uh, no doubt. That's another show. Yeah. That's another show. All right. Are we ready? Do we want to? Well, Let's do Louisville. Well, huh? some other quick news I wanted to point okay. out since we're doing it. Uh, okay, news, uh, yeah. Begin, um, was that obviously we want to congratulate Coach Norvell for winning ACC Coach of the Absolutely. Year. Absolutely. That's a big accomplishment. And it's something that's not – often given to the best coach record-wise in, in the ACC. I think Bobby Bowden, like you was pointing out, only won it twice in his tenure at Florida State, which seems crazy. Yeah. And I don't think Jimbo Fisher ever won it um, uh, <laughs> while he was coach at uh, at Florida State. So this is not something that's easy to get. It, it's, you know, this selection process can be weird. Um, but I, I think Norvell's done a hell of a job in terms of, you know, you could have said he could have won it last year with the way he turned around from five wins to ten wins. Um, but this year going undefeated in ACC play, two wins against SEC teams, um, and, and just really doing a hell of a job with this roster. Um, I, I think he's much well-deserved of this out of any coach in the ACC. Um, the only other one I could have thought of potentially would be uh, Louis. No, oh. not Louisville. They, they, I mean, uh, they didn't finish strong, but they had yeah, some right. So Yeah, Louisville, um, Jeff yeah, Robb. I Jeff think Rob. Jeff Robb's done a great job. So between yeah. those two, I think, but congratulations to Mike Norvell for winning this award. He yeah. definitely deserves it. The way he's coached his team, developed this coaching staff, um, and, and brought everything, brought it all well, together. Let me add this. Let me add this, KB. When you said, yeah, Bobby Bowden only won it twice, the ACC, whatever. Well, they expected Bobby Bowden every year to have a great team. Okay, early on his tenure, I bet you looking back, they're probably, or they could have been the championship years. You know, he was winning. He won, what, 10 straight ACC championships? I'm not going to look it up. You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, but he was such on expected to be on the top. When you have expected high standards, you're generally not going to give the award to the guy every year. You're going to do it to the guy who's trying to catch up, who's building a team. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, let's let's make sure we understand Bobby Bowden was the best will always be the best. Uh, I, I won't say always, but pretty damn hard to beat what Bobby Bowden did at this school. Now, Bobby Bowden was on the same basic climb 
that Norvell has. Norvell has a climb here, and he's he's now getting to this this top of the rung where will Norvell eventually leave or would he stick around? Do coaches stick around for 30 years anymore? And I apologize. I apologize. Uh, Bobby Bowden did win it twice in 93 and 97. So I apologize for that. What do you mean? You said that. You said he won. Oh, did I say he won it twice? Okay. Jimbo Fisher. I said Jimbo Fisher did. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. So that's all I've got to say uh, uh, about that. Now, we should also congratulate, and I know you let me do this part, is Jordan Travis. Yep. 2023 ACC Player of the Year and ACC Offensive Player of the Year. Two awards on what he did short two games, okay, that he didn't even get to play in. So he continues to pile up outstanding accolades and achievements for his career uh, at Florida State. And congratulations out to Jordan again, as he is now fully in rehab mode of recovery from a very successful surgery on his ankle. And this is not the last football you've seen from Jordan Travis uh, ever. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, cool. All right, so those are the big news and notes I want to get out of the way before we... uh... Oh, well, sorry. One more thing. Oh, we kind of talked about it, but Kai Bates did make the decision today. He chose uh, Florida State over Tennessee. And yeah. we kind of touched on it, but kudos to, once again, this coaching staff that Mike Norvell has brought together, which is another reason he's probably coach of the year, but Patrick Sertan and, and what he's done to bring in one of the most loaded defensive back classes that Florida State has ever done. Once again, signatures have to come through, but it looks like most of those kids are locked in. This is the recent decommitment from LSU, who was choosing now between L- uh, Tennessee and Florida State. And, and this is another, I think, top 100 pickup, of, you know, 6'2 defensive back really re- plays receiver so he's really athletic good hands uh this is another major pickup for this team and once again i think we're going to start seeing a, a recommit or re you know dbu again but we're going to start seeing some playmakers in that defensive backfield like we you know we've seen the past that are you know i'm just excited about this what they're building with this class in terms of well, defensive we're hoping to get a jalen ramsey uh, James, Derwin James, yeah. uh, Dion Sanders, which you hate me to bring up, but we're hoping for that caliber. And when you're building a program, a winning program now that has a chance to go to an expanded playoff format of 12 teams, and you have a good chance of getting there every year in the playoffs and the exposure that goes with it. Yeah. This is the this is how you build a program which Bobby Bowden did very successfully and Mike Norvell is building now. He's not there because you have to have more years of consistency. Okay? Yeah. So that's where we're at. So welcome uh, Kai Bates uh, to the Florida State family and again, these are verbal commitments not written on paper. Gotta close them out. Gotta close them out. But it's still still feels good to get the verbal. But uh yeah, gotta close. All right. Now let's talk about the matchup this weekend. So the big news that we all heard uh last night, and a lot of it was just uh on the Twitter feed, just fans w- who watched a uh, wake up war chant video who saw that uh Rodemaker wasn't doing the eleven on eleven drills. He was more on the one on ones and seven on seven. Uh, takes the pass there, but wasn't taking the majority of the starting snaps, and that's where it started. 
and people started to wonder is is there something going on is 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 tate in concussion protocol from that big hit and you know he was obviously taken out during the florida game and he came back in uh a three snaps later um after brock glenn was briefly uh subbed into the game um but he took a massive hit and he, and he looked like he was because which is why so many of us were surprised that he came back in but then rightly so it seems the medical staff did have him in protocol this week which is why he wasn't getting starting reps he was they were monitoring him and then you know i went to bed with all these rumors from just all the various people you know fans on, on twitter just asking what's going on is brock's going to start brock's going to start it looks like brock's going to start and then it kind of breaks today that in fact, Tate Rodemaker looks to be a game time decision heading into Charlotte on Saturday night. Um, yeah, th this is the official, it seems to be status. Uh, Mike Norvell in his press conference today seemed to make a declaration that, yeah, this is the case based on that hit. Do you want me to play that clip right now or do you want to? Do you yeah, want give, me, give me a second and okay. then we'll play what, because I've been tracking this since you and I started tweeting back and forth. You, you broke the news to me that there was a potential issue uh, regarding the quarterback, Tate Rodemaker. And I didn't break any news. To, no, I no, just no. let we you know. We don't break news. We don't break news. We don't have inside access. We don't have media passes. I wish we did because we'd ask some questions, but I doubt we're going to get that because we ask actually very good questions. And that's one of the things. Is this rumor started during the middle of the week somewhere? Well, he's not. But did anybody ask Norvell after each practice about it? No. There were no questions addressed about it. Let's be honest about it. If I'm wrong, you show me the questions that were asked about is there an issue here? And it wasn't asked, okay? Now, the, pr the protocol, let's be fair. There's been some stuff on Twitter about the protocol. Well, if he got knocked out in the Florida game, why did he go back in after a series? Well, it was called Norvell. Norvell said this, and you'll see it in a minute. That was a sideline evaluation. Mm -hmm. And then he went back in the game and they cleared him. There's a medical doctor there. This doctor is not going to put his profession on the line. And he's going to protect the kids. That's his job. It's not about winning or losing football games or going to a championship. So Tate, Tate went back in and seemed to be okay. Yeah. Now, these concussions, and I'm not a medical doctor either, but supposedly can show up later in a day or two, day or two later. And, and they said, and Norvell says, Sunday, certain conditions started to show up again that could be part of a concussion. He was placed back into the concussion protocol with monitoring. And that's where we arrive until, as far as I know, the next official remarks came from Norvell today. Okay. He did not say he's going to play. He did not say he's not going to play. He left it open as a game time decision. But that came out about what time today? after afternoon around i don't know what time i didn't check the clock. i mean the the video the, the, the press story. conference video oh yes. the story the story no the press conference the press what time conference was that? came out an hour ago okay it came out an hour ago so basically game prep is over okay game prep is over in terms of players they'll do walkthroughs tomorrow's probably a little bit of walkthroughs you know 
uh, or looking at making other decisions. However, however, the point is there was no other real media stuff going on. Some of the quote insiders, okay, and as I put out on Twitter, you know, that I would expect if they're a real sports journalist would put information out. Well, nobody had anything. I didn't see anything from some of the guys I follow at ESPN. I didn't, some but of they the weren't even teasing guys. it. They weren't even teasing no, it beforehand no, to even no. get people to go to their Patreons or go to their they, That's site. exactly that's the right. Thing. So people that, right. that were saying that I, right. I knew this ahead of time, they weren't right. even teasing it before Thursday. You thought they would have been teasing Oh, there may be a backup quarterback player. They they right. weren't even teasing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It only on Thursday when random people watched the World Champ video and were realizing, look at the tape. Why isn't Tate doing this? That's when everyone. That's when all the insiders knew something's up. Something's up. Something's up. And that's when they wanted to push you to okay. There, here's the locked articles of Star. Yeah, it's the, it's the typical YouTube and Twitter shit to get views and counts and all this other stuff. Yeah, about views and counts. People can do that, but it's all no, about no, but, I understand, but when, you're, but when you're charging people money for right. special access to right. insider knowledge, and right. then you act like you knew it the whole time, I don't think you did because random people on Twitter were talking about it before you were. Well, it comes to the basic question, which we'll cover sometime in the future. What is the job of a sports journalist? And we'll, sh we'll see right here in this video. Now, the video you will see here in a second is Norvell at a press conference for the championship game. These aren't just people approved by FSU media. These are national people who can ask whatever the hell they want to ask, and they're not going to lose their media rights unless it's unprofessional, okay? And so what I was stunned by this is it was the third question the third question in, when you hear it, we've taken it to the third question. I think it's the third or fourth question, is when it comes up about Tate. That yeah. is it, is he is he in or is he out? And I'm shocked that even the national media people, ESPN types and others, took that long to ask the most relevant question that affects this game big time. So let's go ahead and play it, and then we can talk about it. You know, going coming out of the game uh, last week, you know, Tate obviously had the uh, yeah the big hit, you know, there in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, we went over, was able to uh, you know go through all of our sideline evaluations, and was able to to pass that to be able to go back in the in the game for the uh, for the last play that he that uh, that we had uh, there offensively, and then uh, you know, came in you came in Sunday, uh, you know, had a few symptoms of, of things that uh, uh, you know we started our process then, and we worked through it throughout the course of the week. Uh, you has been able to to, to practice you know, throughout the, throughout the, the week in, in limited in limited spots, but uh, you know that's going to be something that's going to go up to game day, and we'll continue on with our our process of evaluation and uh, see where it goes from there. Sure, right. uh, hey, Mike, David Hale with ESPN. That's good, um, that's good. Along that's those. Good. That's good. So yeah, I mean that was the first whiff of you hearing Mike Norrell say he was limited in practice. I I believe I I hadn't heard that all week. I haven't either. I haven't either. Or if it came out any earlier, it damn sure wasn't being picked up by FSU media types. Okay, yeah. which is which is bizarre. And, and you could say, well, you know, for competitiveness, you don't want that information getting out. I get no that. There, I get that. I get that. But also at the that. same time, it's not like there's going to be a huge like. 
it's, it's not like Tate lit it up against Florida. I mean, there, there's not that much, there's not that much more tape on Tate than there is on Brock Glenn at this point. Right. Really? So it's not like, yeah. <laughs> like to, competitive advantage, like how much more are they going to change the game plan? There's zero tape on Brock Glenn uh, outside of three snaps against, uh, you know, a couple snaps against North Alabama and two snaps against Florida. Right. So like, if anything, it may be better to put it out there earlier that it was day-to-day or game-time decision because then they would have to game plan for two different quarterbacks somehow, just like we had to for the Florida game. Yeah. And Max Johnson, you know, when right. Max Johnson came in. Right. Um, or the Miami game when you didn't know who's going to start for Miami. But I, I just don't get – if that's the excuse of we don't ask those or we don't put that information out there for competitive reasons, I think that would be BS because I it doesn't – I don't think it's the Florida State's advantage to withhold that information in the scenario that they're in now where Jordan Travis is out because it's not like there's a bunch of tape on Brock Glenn that you know uh, Louisville can really game plan for. I don't, I don't think Louisville – yeah, right. I don't think Louisville is – and now that we're into it, I think that was the first confirmation that there is a problem for me. Yeah. For me. Because I look for c- confirmation of something that there is a problem. I didn't know if there was a problem or not till I saw that interview before we went on the air today. Okay, yeah. so that's confirmation for me. Now, how do I read what he said? He, this is my analysis of what he said. He, Mike Norvell is a great deflector of questions. Okay, he's really good at that and that's what good coaches do. We're not here to rip no, Mike Norvell. Don't think we are. If you do, Go to another channel or something. We don't do that. Mike Norvell is a damn good coach. I think he does a great job deflecting questions, but uh, a lot of times the right questions aren't asked. Now, what he said and how I looked at it is this, is there is an issue here, okay? There is an issue, and I believe that I will be surprised to see Tate Rodemaker take the first snap. I will be surprised. That I'm going out on a limb and based on how he he put in a lengthy explanation and we're looking at everything, I think Mike Norvell's trying to get an approval from the medical staff, from the athletic medical staff and the doctors. You you gotta know there's more than one doctor involved now. Is this kid ready or do we put him out there and he could get hurt? You don't think Coach Norvell and the rest of this staff, they put him out on that field and something drastically goes wrong? You want to see an uproar in national press? Uh, yeah, I okay. mean, now, if he's let, not let me finish. Go, they're not going to play him. Yeah, yeah, let me finish. I mean, I think there's going to be doubt in their minds that there's something going on and he will not play. Or he could be cleared to play but not start the game. You know, be used as backup to Brock Glenn. What if Brock Glenn goes down? Then we know we can bring Tate in because he's been cleared, all right? And how he feels in warm-up. I think he'll take warm-ups. I think he'll do everything in warm-ups, but Brock Glenn, I think they'll be splitting the warm-ups and everything. You know what? Here's the deal. Here's the deal, and I've said this for a long time. Last season, which was our first season on the air, and this season, is... You've got to have two, at least two quarterbacks that are ready to go. Now, what you do with three and four, they get limited. I get that. But you've got to have guys ready to go. Brock Glenn all week with a healthy Tate, even with a healthy Tate, 
you got to have Brock Glenn taking a, a good amount of snaps with the with the best players out there on a the practice field. That's what they did this week. Okay, well, that's good. I think that's a good thing because we've seen what happens when your number one guy, Jordan Travis, goes down. you got to get the other guy ready to go. But but Tate goes down. Then you got to get the other guy. You have to develop your quarterbacks even though they don't have many snaps. Now, how does that relate to Louisville? If Louisville's quarterback goes down, Mr. Plummer, Jake, Jack Plummer, okay, not related to Jake Plummer of the NFL, is if he goes down, their backups have as much experience as Brock Glenn, which is zero, okay? They've two or three guys thrown five passes. They have no experience behind Jack Plummer. So shout out to our defense. Get busy, get busy quick, get to the damn quarterback and make him pay for standing back there, okay? But they have zero experience behind Jack Plummer. Yeah, so... Yeah, so let's talk about it. so the preview uh, of, of what we're looking at this weekend. So, oh, are you going to start with looking at Louisville? Or are you going to start with what is Florida State going to do? Well, you just compare the you just compare okay. the quarterbacks. Okay. I, I don't think I don't think uh, Tate. Yeah, I mean Tate. I, I think you brought up a good point. What do you think Tate plays or not? Does he start or not? Or is he used I, as a backup? I think clear? he'll probably be used as a backup. Um, you think he's going to be cleared to play? Yes, I, I think he'll likely be cleared if he starts having symptoms on Sunday. I, I, unless it's a super bad concussion, I think by by Friday night he'll be good to go. But to your point, I don't know if they're going to put a guy that just clears protocol on Thursday or Friday to become the starter Saturday night. I I don't know if that's a smart decision because you know reoccurring concussions is is uh, very common. So I don't know if that's the guy you want to put out there. Well, right you could also be jeopardizing his entire football career okay, moving that's forward. Not, if he wants to know. play, that's his decision. No, it's not his Norvell. decision. It's not his decision. First, it's the medical decision. If he's second, cleared, it's if he's second cleared is to play, he's cleared to play. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. For, it's not what, Tate's look, that's decision. That's not what you're saying. It's, that's no, not what you're saying. It's, you're it's saying not Tate's they're going to break protocol and throw him in there. Like, if he's no. clear to play, he's clear to play. Right. I'm not thinking right. about 30 years right. from now what's going to happen. If right. he's clear to play, he's uh, on the active roster. Our decision then, what we want to do with him. And he's clear to play, I would still back him up because reoccurring concussions can still happen. And if a guy just clears on Friday night, I still don't know if I want to play him on Saturday because he got limited snaps all this week. He's only had starter snaps for the week leading up to Florida. That's not a lot. So it looks like Tate's had one week of starting snaps, you know, prior uh, post injury to Jordan Travis, and now Brock's had one week of starting snaps. So, you know, Tate has more experience in the system. He's not a true freshman. He has that going for him, but he's coming off of the concussion. Brock Glenn, you know, you know, he's healthy. He, he's got a week worth of snaps in him. Not he has no advantage in the situation. But to your point, if Brock Glenn were to get hurt, at least you would have Tate as a backup versus throwing a previously concussed uh, a Tate in there who could get concussed again. And it's not like we just saw Tate go out there last week and throw for 400 yards. I, I don't think you're like, God, we have to, we have to make sure he starts this Saturday because, right. because he's just right. going to light it up. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case because we didn't see him light it up last week. And that's not to say he can't be a good player. That's not to say that, but I think I'll put more caution on the scenario and say, let's go out there with Brock. If you trust him. And I believe Norvell trusts him because he supplemented Duffy on this roster pretty quickly. And so I think he trusts him to be the quarterback in this scenario. And I would start him over uh, over Tate. 
okay. just in case okay. to protect itself and have Tate as the backup active. Okay, now, and let me say let me say this. I think that Brock is a more ambitious running quarterback too. He's 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 willing to. He's a pretty good sized kid, and and I think he will pull it down and run for yardage. He may be even a kid that lowers his shoulder to show I'm a tough guy, which I don't recommend. Okay, my only problem with that guy running like this, there you go. What a runner this guy is, you know, is get the hell out of bounds and get down. And because if you take a shot, anything can happen, you know, anything can happen. You can't have quarterbacks trying to be tough guys. Just get the hell down, especially Tate Rodemaker. Tate's kind of slender guy, you know, so it's important. Uh, And I agree with your assessment there. Yeah. Uh, but we won't know until that'll be the lead story when the game comes on the air tomorrow night of where we stand. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll know when, when, the, uh, you know, when the offense takes the field. And what you have to think about, too, is if Charlotte, I believe it's supposed to be rainy, it could be wet, running the ball is going to be at a premium versus passing it. Um, 80% and, chance of rain. Yeah, exactly. So passing is not going to be the, the, the go-to probably in the game plan. So I think it's at the advantage to be able to run the ball in multiple ways. And I think Brock may give you that advantage to your point. He has better legs and better mobility. The only thing is he's going to have to make throws like that in the pinch. When the opportunity is available, he's going to have to be able to make throws like that and not overuse his legs because young quarterbacks, yeah. and this is another example of a great decision, right. but young quarterbacks who are athletic can sometimes get in the pattern of running too often. You know, They don't see the first option, they run. Well, yeah, Max Brown did that against Missouri before we played Florida. Max exactly. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Max Brown played good in that game. But like you said, they can use their athletic ability to get out of jams too often. And that and then they can it, Well, it some can of, some of that KB is they did a lot of that in high school where they yeah. could get away with it. Because you're playing you're playing, you know, uh who knows? Central Palm uh Institute. You know, we <laughs> You know, you're playing against guys that are not even in your league and you can get the hell away from that. So I think that will be the story of the day all day tomorrow. It's going to, and I think we won't know, uh, uh, Norvell will dodge the real answer until he sends the offense out. No, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. Florida State, in my opinion, needs to put up 30 points. I don't yeah. care, care how they do it. They could put Deuce back there, the former quarterback. Anybody, any way they put up 30-plus points, I think in the rain, it may not, you may not even need that. You may need 27 to 31 points to win this game. And if the defense puts up 6 to 12 points on turnovers or something, you know, take the points any way we can get them. Yeah. Look, I agree. You're going to have to put up at least probably 28 points to win this game, especially in the conditions. And Louisville's a good team. The only way the, the only way Louisville has lost this this, this year is, is basically two ways. They beat themselves, and they beat themselves in the turnover uh, in the turnover call, right? Against Kentucky last week at home, they should have won that game. They had over 120 yards more than Kentucky. They had over 13 more minutes of time of possession. They had 400 yards that's total what, offense. That's plus. what I mean. That's what I mean. They out outgained Kentucky. They, right. they killed but them they in time of possession. The ball they, over. Yes. You know, thank you for stealing all my. Yes, they had three turnovers in that game. They did well, not me, execute well in that game. The same thing goes for when they lost to Pittsburgh inexplicably. 
uh, you know, on the road at Pittsburgh, 21 to 38. Same let thing. Me, let me they, add this. They had 430 yards of offense. They averaged 6.7 yards per pass. They had three turn. They had over seven, you know, 33 minutes of time possession. They had three turnovers in that game. They are they are turnover prone, and I think that will be one advantage potentially for this defense. Is that if they look, if they can cause disruption in the backfield, if they can look to drive turnovers, it it will be they can cause those turnovers. But will the offense be able to flip those turnovers into points? Not into field goals, but into touchdowns. And sometimes when we had quick turnovers like that, the offense has not been able to always cash those in, especially in the first half. I do think Florida State will be, this defense especially, will be able to make some big plays, cause a couple of turnovers, but it will be up to whoever is starting on offense as quarterback. Tate, Brock, Duffy, I don't care. They will need to take those turnovers and turn them into points. That's how you get to 28, 30-plus points in a game like this, especially as the backup. Get a short field off of a turnover and cash that in for seven. You have to do that if you want to beat Louisville this weekend. Okay, now listen. I wrote down a few notes, so I want to go through these things, okay? Louisville has not won an ACC championship at all since they joined the conference, okay? So this game, yeah, it does matter to them. You don't think that shit no, matters I just don't to mean history doesn't. I, no, I, no, I, but I'm, I, I'm just saying the motivation of them coming into this game, okay? First of all, they're upset about losing to Kentucky, okay? And you summarized that game pretty good. Their motivation now is we can still win something here. We have something to play for and to get a much bigger swag bag bowl game by becoming the ACC champion okay we can do that so the motivation to overcome the loss to your state rival is there in front of them they have the motivation to be thinking too florida state is weakened on offense we don't we can we don't have to generate as many points as we thought we might if jordan travis was there so that's a big deal now if anybody out there really wants to get into it pull up on youtube head coach uh, Jeff Brom after the loss to UK. Yeah, don't pull it up. We don't. We don't need to run. Hey, it. pull it up. No, don't okay. pull. It no, up. no. I said anybody out there because they have to listen to the whole twenty minutes or whatever it is. He is not a happy camper, and he basically summarizes what I hope happens tomorrow night. He talked about his defense has not played well in the last few weeks, win or lose. He was very upset with his defense uh, at, about at uh, UK game and that they're giving up too many points. That's a good thing for Florida State. However, the statistics nationally will tell a little bit different picture of their strength. They're pretty strong up front and they love to stop the run. They're, with this Florida State inexperienced at quarterback, they're going to shut down. They're going to put more guys in the box. They'll risk more guys out on the islands. So our receivers must get open and open wide enough that our quarterback can get the ball to them. So that's something. But he was very upset. He blamed his defense, and he blamed turnovers, which you've already mentioned. Turnover prone this team is, okay? Their quarterback, Jack Plummer, the guy's been there. He's played a lot of ball. 66% completions, almost 3,000 yards this year in the air, but he has 21 touchdowns, 
about 11 interceptions. Yep. He's, he turns the ball over a little bit in the air, and he's been sacked 22 times. So we have an opportunity there, no matter how they do it, to put pressure on it. If you don't put pressure on this guy, he could cause you problems. And to add to that, KB, they have a pretty damn good running game. Okay? They have two backs that I looked at. One is uh, Jahar Jordan. Jahar Jordan is their bell cow, 167 carries, and he's he's over 1,000 yards with 13 touchdowns. Okay? Yeah. He's also they, their short. He's struggling short with a, uh, a hamstring injury. I saw that. I saw that. But he's going to play in this damn yeah, game. You yeah, know yeah. that. And then they have Isaac Gurendo. He's got 639 yards and eight touchdowns. At wide receiver, at wide receiver, Jamari Thrash is the guy we got to watch out for. One-on-one, -on -one, this guy could burn you. This guy could burn you. I imagine Ronaldo Green is probably going to get a lot of his action. I would suspect he would get a lot of action. He has 56 receptions, 800 yards with six touchdowns. They have some other guys that are also capable as wide receivers out there. I'm not going to go through all their names unless you want me to. No, I don't want now, you to read down. They will down, also please. play into the tight end as well. Nate Kariski, he's got 15 catches, 133 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I'd watch out for him as well, especially in a bad weather game. The tight ends can make a difference. Hopefully our tight ends will make a difference. Now, last point I'll have right now. Their field goal kicker is at 68%. So he could go up and miss. He could go up and make five of eight, 40 yards and out. So this Louisville team is, I don't think they had a tough schedule, but their best wins were against Notre Dame, which they beat up handily by 13 points, Duke and North Carolina State. They beat Miami 38-31 to 31 down in Miami. They're beatable. I believe Florida State, even with a backup quarterback, whoever the hell it is, should win this game. Louisville, though, if you fool around and you let them go up 10 points in a bad weather game with an inexperienced quarterback and an average offensive line, which I believe we have, then guess what? We could lose the game. And we'll get into our picks later in the session. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thank you for bringing down the player matchups. I, I do agree. I think there's some key stat, uh, stats that we need to we need to compare here. And I think one of them will brought up turnover margin. Like you said, that is going to be a key to this game. And I, I kind of talked about it. Like someone pointed out in the chat, plus 11 Florida State. That's fifth in the nation. Florida State's done a great job of playing clean football, but also forcing turnovers. Flip side, Louisville is 40th in the nation at plus three. They do not force a ton of turnovers, um, but they give them away. Um, so that that is going to be one of the keys to the game. Can Florida State's defense cause turnovers while playing clean football? They have done a pretty good job with it. I mean, all season, Florida State's done a very good job with this. But now you're starting to get into second-string, third-string quarterbacks and guys who don't have a lot of experience. Can Brock Purdy go in? I mean, I give him. He's got balls on him. the last. You know, last week when he audibled out of the play and he, and he decided to throw it towards the sideline, I was like holding my breath. I was like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" But it, you know, things like that scaring. But you know, a, a young guy, true freshman, is going to make mistakes. But limiting those mistakes, getting him in a rhythm, 
you know, early and, and, and making the right call is going to be very big on Mike Norvell and Atkins to, to drop a game plan. If Brock, Brock is starting, same with Tate, because Tate, you know, they used to call pick six Tate, right? He's got a lot better since then, it seems. But whichever those guys start, they have to play clean football. But at the same time, they can't get too conservative that they're not able to sustain drives. Because like we talked about earlier in the week, Florida State only has seven points in the first quarter in the last four games. Four games in a row, we only have seven total points in the first quarter. This team has to score early and often. They cannot afford to get in the hole in the ACC championship game. I do not believe that, especially in bad conditions. The other thing is, what Louisville does well and Florida State does not do well is sustain drives. Louisville is 19th in the nation in time of possession. They average 32 minutes time of possession. Look back at last week at the Florida game. How many possessions did Florida State have in the first quarter? One possession. Do you really? Do we really want to give our offense only one attempt to score a touchdown in the first quarter, the second quarter, with a backup quarterback? No. You you want as many uh, attempts as you want. So. Some of that's going to have to be on the offense. They need to not go three and out. They need to find ways to move the chains. And, and Mike Norvell, that's not about looking for verticals down the field when you only need seven, you know, five or four yards, right? Let, let's let's do some slants. Let's look at some slants, right? Let, let's maybe try to get some of that mid-range yardage on the pass plays, right? The other thing is the defense is playing well, but if they can get three and outs faster, if they can get, you know, some of those drives last week, they went in the first half, on the offense, Max Johnson was able to move the ball before they got shut down closer to the red zone. So if the defense can cause more three and out, and if the offense can stay on the field for three, even if they don't cash in, if they can at least move the ball, it'll keep the defense off the field for a little while, and it'll keep Louisville's offense from potentially getting to the red zone. Because the last stat we want to talk about is red zone scoring. Louis, Florida State has done an okay bit in terms of red zone conversion. They're 26 in the nation. Louisville, on the flip side, has done a great job in terms of keeping teams out of the red zone. So red zone conversion percentage, I believe, is 23rd. They rank third in the nation in, in allowing teams to get into the red zone. So they've done a great job of, of reducing the amount of damage of the amount of teams that get it within their own 25. So once again, it's going to be on the, it's, the onus is going to be on the Florida State offense to not only sustain drives, but if they get the opportunity on a short field, on a turnover caused by the defense, they have to cash in. And they have to cash in with seven. You can take the three a couple of times here and there, but you have to have the ability to cash in seven, especially on a short field. And so often, we haven't been able to do that, I feel like, as a couple of times this year. So those are the big things I want to point out. Um, it, you know, I, I think it really will, at the end of the day, come down to turnovers uh, in this game, especially if it's raining, not great weather in Charlotte. Potentially a third-string quarterback, Brock Glenn, who's tr still trying to learn and develop under Norvell in this offense. Whoever plays the cleanest football and catches in their opportunities early, I, I think it's going to be doing it. Because I expect the Florida State defense to come to play. I expect them to do what they normally do and, and limit the damage and, and keep Florida State in this game all the way through the fourth. But whoever catches in on the turnovers and plays the cleanest is probably going to win this game. And I, and I expect it to be within three to seven points. Yeah, I, I think that's a great summary of, of some very important stats there. Uh, when I looked at the national stats, which can be, you know, because you have cream puff games in there and those can distort it a little bit. Uh, Florida State and Louisville, if you look at some of the stats, I mean, they're, they kind of match up in a lot of ways, you know. But 
Yeah, but on the other end, Louisville actually exceeds Florida State in some of the national rankings, you know. Uh, but the turnover ratio margin is a big one. That 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 tells you about that you have where you're at as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that continues. The uh, uh, interceptions, especially, I think, is 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 a big one. So. I think that we've got to also watch out on a defensive line. They have a guy named Ashton Gillot. Gillot. Okay, I don't know if he's a rush end or he's a tackle. I'm surprised. He's probably a rush end. He's an edger. Uh, he's got 11 sacks. So this guy, you know, he's, I don't know what year he is, but I assume he's going to be trying to go pro. He's going to go all out to, to take advantage of these inexperienced quarterbacks. Okay, so him and Mr. Verse on our team, I see is going to be an interesting battle as they both take the field on defense. Verse is now coming on very strong. Our defensive line guys who are all looking to move forward to the NFL are coming on very strong. The scouts will be watching you. Okay, so they want to see how you play under this pressure when basically... The defense has to carry this Florida State team, in my opinion. All right? And Mike Norvell, if I was Coach Norvell, I would be preaching to our team. He probably wouldn't do it the way I would do it. But I would tell my defense in private sometime, you are going to carry this team. You are going to be responsible how well we do. You must show up and play out because you are the – the heart of this team right now is this defense. And Adam Fuller and company must not give up big chunk plays. They must make Louisville earn every point that they get. All right? That's very, very important to the result of this game. Now, do you think that is the that is the only thing that stood out to me is that both these teams have given up big chunk plays throughout the year. They both rank in the in the bottom 70 or in the within the 83rd to 94th margin of opponents explosive plays in terms of, but Louisville is slightly worse than that. They've given up 27 plays of 30 plus yards or more. And they've given up. So there are going to be those big chunk plays available And Florida state has given up. Both of them have given up roughly 15 plays of 40 plus or more this season, which ranks 83rd and 94th, which isn't great, obviously. So like you just said, Florida state can't let, you know, like we saw against Miami where, you know, the word, you know, DB doesn't want to tackle the guy. And it's just like a breakdown, like a lapse in judgment, right? You're playing so well. And then there's a lapse in judgment. You give up seven points. You're right. So you have, they have to play all four quarters fundamentally strong. No, make them earn every damn yard. And if they score on you, great, but make them earn every damn yard of that. So, so, you know, make them, you know, so they, you know, it's, they think about next time they come on the field, they have to game plan around it because it was so hard to get right. But don't give up the explosive play. And on the flip side, don't be obsessed with trying to get the big play on offense. Right. Even though the statistics would say Louisville does give up a lot of big plays They're They give up a lot of explosive plays. Don't become obsessed with that because they're, they are also susceptible to that 20 plus yard range of plays. And I know they're a strong uh, defensive run team, but I don't want Brock Land or Tate to be trying to force the ball down the sidelines, you know, 40, 30 yards when all you need is six, right? I, I, it'll be interesting to watch how Mike Norvell game plans his offense. 
because I, I wasn't super in love with the offensive passing game last week. And I know, once again, it was a warm-up game for Tate, stuff like that. It was great that you could lean on your on your offensive line and run the ball in the second half. And I know running in this game will be tough. And that's why this offensive line is going to have to wake up and they're going to have to find a way to dominate this. Because in the conditions, in the rain, you're going to want to run. You're going to want to run like you did in the second half against Florida. Give it to Trey Benson. Let him bang his body, bang some bodies, wear them down. And hopefully in the fourth quarter when it comes, you, you're 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 the more experienced, you're the more talented team that can just wear them down and, and win by seven. That's all you have to do, right? Doesn't matter if you win by one or seven, in my eyes. You win this game. It doesn't matter. That's all that's all you have to do is win this game. Let, let's talk about that for a minute. The winning of the game. That's the only thing that's important. If you could win by a half a point, we'd take it. A win is a win in this game. You don't have to look pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be perfect. But you must manage this game to win the game. And if you do, you're going to move on to the next step. And we're not even going to talk about the playoffs, but we're not going to shy away from it. If you win the game, you're in the damn playoffs. Period. Okay? Period. There will be no way they can keep the ACC undefeated champion out of the playoffs. Impossible. So, this team knows what they need to do, okay? And in my opinion, and we're moving to our segment picks of the week. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with Florida State game, or you want to wait? Let's, let's start with the Florida State game. Okay. Let's start with the Florida State game. In my opinion, Florida State on paper is better. Florida State on the field is better. Florida State without Jordan Travis, with Tate Rodemaker is better. Florida State without Tate Rodemaker with Brock Glenn is better if the quarterbacks just play their game. Don't try to feel you got to carry the team because you don't have to carry the team. Distribute the ball like basketball. Get the ball out to people. And if the coaches call the right plays for their inexperienced quarterbacks, call the right plays. Here's the deal. You said it before, KB. Possession of the ball. I think last time, because I I look at possessions. I track them the whole game. I think we had the ball 10 times, maybe. 11 times against Florida. Mm -hmm. If that. Yeah, I think. uh, As you said, we're only going to, let's say we only get the ball 10 times. If we only get the ball 10 times, then we must convert on a high percentage of those of those of those possessions. Yeah. You yep. can't you can't screw around four of those and only feel you got six possessions left. Yep. You can't you've got to be efficient with the football. Let's, and time of possession, as you pointed out, has been a problem for us. Now it's only a problem if you're not scoring. If well, you're scoring on quick plays, fine. But that's the thing. You've lost your most explosive weapon in Jordan Travis. So that that is the thing. You, and that's why possessions are going to be crucial because you don't have Jordan Travis to bail you out with his arm or his legs. And so that's why I keep saying it on Twitter or wherever, you have to find a way to get Keon Coleman involved. You have I don't care if it's short or it's on an end Just around or whatever. It to him. Give that guy the ball. He get the it, ball it's ridiculous to him. that in right. the last three games he's only touched the ball eight times. Well, and that's why he's out there on punt returns, is to get him in space. 
So you must find that way. It, you know, whatever it is, they give him a big buffer. The cornerbacks do. If he has to drop back a yard, take the pass, and then go, whatever. And here's the other thing. If those quarterbacks, they've been in the system here now, if they if you give them a, an audible, that if you see Coleman out there one-on-one -on -one and the safety's not even close to this play and he's going to go streaking down the sidelines, put it out there to him. Audible to the one-on-one -on -one receiver if you think you can get involved. If it's incomplete, it could be... It could be incomplete. It could be a penalty. He draws it could no be penalty. intercepted. Most of the most of the plays they throw his way are penalties because R the guy trying is all straight over him. So right, throw, exactly. Get him involved in the game. Okay. I don't care if he catches or not. Get Keon Coleman involved in the ball game. I, now, I don't care what it takes. Right no. now, the Vegas odds appear to be about two to one and a half. One and points. a half right here. One and a half. Right one here. and a half points, which means. They're not confident that Tate Rodemaker is going to play. That's what that says. And that was out there before Norvell's statement. All right? They dropped from two and a half to one. Yeah, three. exactly. So, I, you know, obviously with that, I'm ta I'd take Florida State. I would take Florida State with six points. Florida State, in my opinion, if they play and they manage the game properly, they'll win this game. They are a better team than Louisville. No disrespect to Louisville. Head coach Jeff Brom is a smart guy, a great coach. He's made great hires for that university in his first year, and he's taken him to the championship game. It would be very sad to lose in this situation under any circumstances. Yeah. Florida okay. State okay. wins the game uh, by 10 points. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be within three to seven. I do agree with you. Florida State uh, has a better team. They fought through adversity before. I don't think they're going to, regardless of who starts, I don't think it's going to affect them. Like I said, Tate didn't light it up last week. I, I don't think there's going to be, there shouldn't be any pouting going into this game. You you have what you have. You have playmakers all over the field. You have Trey Benson. You have, you know, you got you got four running backs deep that can make plays. For you. you have Keon Coleman. You have Johnny Wilson. You have Jaheim Bell. There's no excuses. You have playmakers all over the damn field. Go and score points. Go and score points. That's all you have to do because you have a defense that's got your back that will make plays for you. Will keep the will keep you in the game as long as you score points. At some point, so go out there and beat their butt in Charlotte because this this defense has your back. They will do the job for you. You saw it last week in Gainesville on the road in a hostile environment. They did it for you so that you could close it out late. And I think the same thing will happen this weekend. They'll close it out late. They'll win by the point spread. It may be one. It may be two points. It may be three points. But I believe they'll close out no matter who is that quarterback. So that's my pick. Don't make it hard with your quarterbacks. And once again, Ask them Louisville what, kick right. The Louisville kicker right. is not very good. That that is the other thing that you have an advantage on. Their kicker so far this year is inconsistent. You know, so, oh, you know, he, last week he missed a kick, I believe, um, and he is not. Or uh, sorry. Um, but so far, he's their kicking situation 68 percent, 15 yeah. of 22. Yeah, their kicking situation has been great, and luckily for us, Fitzgerald has has played very, very consistently this year. So that's another advantage. So if this comes down to a kick. I, I would give us the advantage this, on, on this game. Everybody on this team is going to have to do their job. Yeah, one yeah. slip up, one uh, bad hike, uh, one bad snap. Uh, you know, you've got to simplify a game because. As you see up there, the weather is going to be a high chance of rain. We've heard at least 80% chance. I reported that earlier in the week on Twitter. Now they've got it at 45 degrees. Okay. That 
you know, it's going to be chilly. It's going to be damp. It's going to be wet. But in the end, and look at you want to go to the game. I think the attendance is going to be low. Okay. I think people are tired okay. of having uh, to go yeah. to Charlotte. Yeah. But it's going to be low. 31 bucks to get into a game. You know? I mean, All right. yeah. that's unbelievable. But if you're in the area and can go to the game, great chance to see a championship game for a low price. That's a great price. Here's right. the deal. Here's the deal. You got to take care of your business. Yep. You stay focused. You can't say, well, this guy's not here. This no, guy's no, not no. playing. It, 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 right, in the end, it. in the yep. end, it's not going to be the referees. It's going to be no excuses, no explanations. That is what you're building a program yeah. for. Yeah. We don't okay. make excuses. Guys, it's win or go home. Okay, end of story. You win or you go home. There's no more excuses. You have the players, just win. We we know Jordan Travis is out. Just win the game. That's it. Right. That's it. You win or you're not going to the playoffs. End of story. Win the game. That's 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 it. You know, All right. that's it. All right. What, let's, who, let's who talk about okay. Who let's else is out here on the board that we haven't gotten up yet? Anybody? I don't know. I'm not like that. Um, uh let's take a look at the other big games. This is playoff weekend. Yep. You know, this this is the playoffs. You know, they say the playoffs will be, you know, down the road. This is the damn playoffs. There are a lot of no, games that, here. Well, that, not, that that's affect, not well, some effect. Well, I mean, but there are. Yeah. I mean, there there are games out well, here. Yeah. For Texas State in contention for any slip ups, this is a big game for them. So they face Oklahoma State. I'm gonna pick Texas. Look at the spread on this. Uh, minus 15, Texas in Arlington. I'm going to pick Texas easily. What, what are you picking? Yeah, I'll take Texas. Yeah, Texas, gonna... Texas is going to be too much unless the great Barry Sanders yeah, yeah. comes yes. back. And I watched the, his uh, new thing out on Prime or whatever network it's on about why he left football in the prime of his career. He just said, I lost my love for it. And he walked away. Amazing. Because I watched that guy play a lot of football. I don't know if you did or not. He no. played. He that guy was a beast, a beast. And he never he played on such a crappy team his entire career. He played for the Detroit Lions. They were horrible. Yeah. All right. We go. But now. he never complained. He yep. never complained. Yeah. All right. Now we go to Georgia, Alabama once again. This is to keep Alabama in contention and keep Georgia in the picture at number one. Um, some say Georgia can't afford to lose if it's a close game. They would stay in. Um, and some say Alabama winning would catapult them over maybe Washington, Oregon. We'll, we'll, or, you know, we'll see. Um, Georgia minus five in Atlanta. Um, the big thing here is that Georgia is missing some key players. I think their latest injury report on November 30th showed that, you know, KJ Smith is out. Branson Robinson's out. Um, Dumas Johnson's out. Um, I think Brock Bowers is probable for this weekend. So that's a big, uh, uh, comeback for him to get him back. Um, but they, they have, uh, you know, a bunch of players out and a lot of them on the questionable, uh, questionable list or probable list. So him being back, he was out against Georgia tech and that was a close game for them. That, that was a, a, a tight, a tight contest for them. Um, but they're, you know, Tate Rutledge, I think their guard. He is supposed to be back as well. So that's another big pickup. So I think if those guys are back, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be, I think Alabama may have the better quarterback. I, I don't, I, I like Milroe, but sometimes he's, he's hit or miss. It feels like to me, I think this will be a close game, but I will take Georgia. I, I just like Georgia in this game more than Alabama. But I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be within seven, seven to 10 points. I'll pick Georgia. 
it's gonna be a good <laughs> that's gonna be a good game you know yeah. i think that's gonna be a good game it's gonna be a squeaker what's the spread on it five points five points georgia yeah yeah i think georgia's on a roll they're on a mission now they're on a very special dynasty type mission i'm gonna take georgia uh take georgia straight up you know i, I, I think, think they're gonna win the game it's really those injuries that are i think more of the uh of the equalizer here like McCon uh, lad mcconkley uh, McConkey, he's probable, I believe, for the game as well. Um, so get, they they're missing a lot of players at Georgia Tech. Um, so I think he's no. Uh, Lad is questionable. Ra Ra Thomas is questionable. Tate is probable, and Brock Bowers is probable. So and some of that may be smoke and mirrors, right? That is, you know, these coaches and these teams play that game, and it's not like the NFL. It's it's you know you can play this game with them. So I don't. They may be smoke screening Alabama. You come game time, and. For, you know, Georgia may be missing a lot of their key offensive playmakers again. So that could affect the spread too. But I, oh. I'm assuming if it's minus five Georgia, that those guys that are probable are more likely to play than not. And those guys on the questionable list are more likely to play than not. So, Yeah, and uh, Dagby says Thurman Thomas, to her point, she's referring to Oklahoma State. He was another great running back like Barry Sanders was at Oklahoma State, but they're no longer playing. So yeah. that's a problem. Look at the difference in the price of that ticket for the Alabama Georgia game. It's 326 bucks. Well, okay, compared to 431 for the ACC championship. That tells you the difference in money in the games and stuff. In the well, do you know some locations too? Um, Arlington, yeah. Texas, AT&T Stadium. In, roof, inside Inside, stadium. inside. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, uh, yeah. Yeoman Stadium. Inside, this is the, uh, I think this is where the Saints play, right? Uh, no, oh, no, this is in Tulane, so sorry. Yeoman. Outdoors. No, no. Um, yeah, right. that's outdoors. Yeah. That's, that's outdoors. They're not going to put that game Lucas in. Lucas Stadium. That's a uh, that's indoor indoors. stadium. So yeah, indoors. The only one that's not playing in a good weather indoor or indoor stadium is Florida State. Right. In you Charlotte. and I said that. Yeah. They need to change that every year, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. People get tired of going to Charlotte. Well, sorry. Let's get it somewhere else. Sorry. They're, the uh, the Conference USA Championship is being played in Lynchburg. So. And it's $17. <laughs> That's going to be awful. That there is going to be an awful There game. are some buys out Last here. Last night. That's night. So. Yeah, there, there's, <laughs> some buy, there's some buys out here. Uh but um, you know what? This thing where you're in an outdoor stadium because of the rain and everything, you know, it, it's not a good mix for fans, for the game, for the players who can get hurt more easily. Let's get more modern, folks. Well, okay? speaking of modern, speaking of placement, Washington, the last Pac-12 championship ever is being held in Las Vegas in their stadium, which is awesome. That's uh, on tonight. That's tonight at 8 p.m. ABC. Uh, Oregon is uh, minus nine and a half. Two good quarterbacks. Um, two good quarterbacks, but Washington has been struggling. Um, you know, 21, 24 to 21 last week against Washington State. Against Oregon State, they won by two points. Against Utah, seven points. Last three weeks combined, Washington has won by a total of 12 points. Well, they've won. I mean, that's. No, I'm just saying. Life. I'm just saying. Is right. this the week that Oregon comes and knocks them off and, and ruins their hopes of uh, of a playoff chance? So, I'm going to pick. I am picking Oregon. I'm going to pick Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix and the Ducks do take down Washington and and take away their undefeated season yeah. and knock them out of the playoffs. That's a huge game. Uh, t uh, is that tonight? 
That's yeah. right, 8 p.m. Yeah, 8, 8 p.m. Look at the tickets. If you're in Las Vegas. I would definitely go to this. This is I, great. Are you, I know. I, I don't care who you cheer for. $25, you can walk in. That would be great. $25. You might ball. even go on TickPix. They may even be cheaper. They, they have a, a fees on these, right? Yeah. Vivid does. Seats has yeah. fees. Yeah. Go to TickPix. We're not sponsored by anybody. We're just telling you what we use. TickPix is probably as cheap or cheaper because they don't have any fees. Hey, TickPix, give us a sponsor yeah. out there. If I was in Vegas and I was just, this would be a great little two-hour activity to go to. That'd be fun as hell. Oh, hell uh, yeah. You yeah. walk over, when I was there recently at, uh, where the hell, what's the pyramid? What's the pyramid? Uh, I don't know. Oh, shit. The, uh, I, you know. I, I never stayed. I know what you're talking about. The pyramid stayed. is cool. Actually, uh, Got a good deal on a room there. Luxor, the Luxor. The Luxor. You can walk right over through a tunnel. I think it's from the Luxor or MGM, which is right next to it. You can walk right over from your hotel room. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know? So uh, that that's a great buy at $25. Yeah. The, it's amazing that these champion, these these kind of big games are so low in price. Well, I amazing. think. Well, and that's kind of the marketing of it. Like. These aren't, I mean, this this isn't close to any of the Pac-12 schools. So they bet on it getting more attention on tourists going to it. You know, that's the thing. They put it in a place where there's not a lot of schools located. So are a lot of people from Oregon and Washington going to want to fly to Vegas for a weekend? It's going to be expensive to, you know, of course. do all that. But of that's course. why this is so cheap. I mean, it's a big stadium. But if you held this more on the West Coast in Washington or, or California, something like that, you I bet it'd be a lot more expensive because more people are going to attend, but that we don't have to dive into that. And so there's the confirmation, Michael Kuhn, Luxor Hotel. It's kind of cool. I, I thought it was kind of cool staying there. I'd stay there again. They had, you didn't even have to see anybody when you checked in, you checked yeah. in on kiosk on your phone and you checked out on a, on your phone. You didn't even have to see anybody. It was I'm actually, I'm telling you, if Florida State, if the ACC championship was in Vegas versus Charlotte, I would have a, there would have been a hundred percent more chance that I would go to that. And I live only six hours from Charlotte. I can't stand Charlotte. I'm not going to sit in the rain in the cold for 40 no. degree weather and get sick. And then, no. yeah, it's just <laughs> not, a, it's not a great experience. I don't no. know why it's awful. It's a horrible thing. That's another reason why we need to get out of the ACC. And this, this is, crap yeah, like this. you're exactly right. This is nothing against Florida say, Oh, you're not no. a true fan. If you're not there, oh bullshit. You know, uh, I, I congratulate everybody who's going to go and sit yeah. there in the weather. Yeah, I, I don't want to get pneumonia. Okay, I'm a little bit older than some of you guys. He's 90. But, no, well, not 90. I'm playing softball tomorrow. Okay, the Bel Air Bears are back at it, buddy. We're in the challenge match. So, right. uh, But the bottom line is, if they had better venues like this, you're not subject to the weather, and it's a very controlled environment. It's nice. Okay, a, what other games yeah. are up here? Last game. Last game. Big 10 championship. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan Iowa. wins. Michigan wins. 22 points is the line. And Harbaugh, Harbaugh is back on the field, dude. Look at Would the over-under. Look at the over-unders. 34 points. I'd probably Iowa, take that. I'd probably take that. You know, Iowa. me and you should do some betting this week. And we no. open up. I'm, I, I have a count. I don't use it. Let's do it. Look at, but this is why you you haven't watched any Iowa games, but this is why it is Iowa. Look at their scores: thirteen to ten, fifteen to thirteen, twenty-two to zero, ten to seven. What's the spread? What's the spread on this game? I I just uh, it's thirty-four and a half. No, no, not 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 
that's the over under oh, 20 22 points michigan i'd probably take i'd take iowa with that 22 points plus 22 plus 22 iowa yeah yeah why not throw a thousand on you know it. there is a theory out there now listen we're not advocating betting we're not betting specialists we don't do betting no uh, i have never bet on an app however with i read this story that said oh, okay. if you bet some of these high mar margin spreads you have a good chance of yes. winning Okay, I'm just this is saying. not betting advice. This I'm is just, not uh, this is not betting advice. We are not. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLING, okay? We're not so. suggesting you bet. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, with, the, with that spread, I'll take Iowa with okay. the spread. All right. And well, only with the spread. That's a horrible game for APM. I'm glad Florida State's that because I would not watch this game. Check um, this comment from Michael Kuhn. I live in Charlotte and hate that it is here. <laughs> Michael, are you going to the game? It's 30 bucks. It's probably cheaper. Go on Tick Picks. No fees. Go on Tick Tick Picks owes us a sponsor after this. Yeah. Michael, are you going to the game? Let us know. There's a lot of tickets still available. <laughs> You probably walk up to the door and uh, get one cheaper. Move the ACC championship to New Orleans or Miami. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be Well, amazing. Miami. Oh, I don't that. care. I would okay. Move it to Charleston. Move it to the, somewhere. Go to a dome. The Find a southeast. dome. How New about Orleans? Tropicana Field yeah. in St. Petersburg? How about where the New Orleans Saints play? Let's go there. Yeah. That's like the where dome, we played LSU. Baby. Or yeah. to the Orange or to the um, where we play Camping World. That yeah. place sucks. But still, it's a better venue than Charlotte. Like, Camping World is not a great field, but... In Orlando. In yeah. Orlando. Hey, I mean, the Rolling a... Stones are going to be there in the summer. Good luck with that. Um, all right, so those are our picks. They're good. They're good still good. Picks. You have a couple of options tonight. You can watch Liberty or no, you can... Uh, not watching. Or you can not save watching. yourself an hour and just wait for the Oregon game to come on. So, um, all right, that's going to do it, I think. No, nothing, anything else you want to bring up before we let the people go? I don't think I, I, I think we've covered it all, brother. This is one of our longer shows, but it's been fun. And I yeah. hope you guys out there have had fun with us. We never asked for this. But if you'd hit that like button for us, if you haven't already, or hit the subscribe if you're not a subscriber, uh, we appreciate it. Hit that bell. You'll know when we're on. Are we going to do post-game reaction? We should. No. Or you want to get your thoughts together. Yeah, I, I like to get my thoughts together. KB is not sometimes in the best of moods after a game. So we will, we will put our thoughts together and see you probably what? Sunday or Monday. Well, probably, well no, we may, Sunday we, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll unless unless we agree to come on after the game, but that's late, you know. That's why you have to, the crowd's enthused. We might have, come on. Have the bell. Have the bell. So have you know if we go live because we'll go live post reaction potentially. If yeah. not, we're, we'll loop it into the selection show on Sunday. Because remember, college football playoff selection show is Sunday, so I, you know it, it's going to be maybe Saturday. maybe. Well, if we lose the game, there's no sense watching the selection no, show not, for FSU. Not, let's not, let's not okay. think like that. No. Let's not well, think I'm just that. being re reality. I don't believe in superstition and all this other crap. I believe, well, even though I wear certain shirts to watch the game, Michael Kuhn just answered the question. I don't want to sit in the wet and cold. I would rather watch the game at home with cheaper drinks and better snacks. Hey, and you forgot something, Michael a private bathroom you're not standing 20 deep with guys yelling hurry up 
hey, you can't can't get it going, zip it up. You know, oh my God. We're going to have to do a thing on fights at games sometimes. Oh damn, my God. Damn, you are right. I did skip that one. You're, mi- I, you're I, missing I did, out. I didn't include it because it didn't have playoff implications to it, but... And, and Where is that at? Like I said, oh, I, could also, Lynchburg? I could also drive to this game. You could. I don't want to hate my... I don't hate myself to go to Lynchburg in 35 degrees. 17 weather. bucks. I bet it's going to be a very... In, in, is this where Liberty is this Liberty Stadium? Do they have a home game for this? Yeah. Oh, is that how Conference USA works? They get home games for it? That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's a home game. Um, so Conference USA gives their champion uh, who did the, New Mexico State? They beat somebody big this year, didn't they? Who did they, they beat, beat? They beat Auburn. They beat Auburn. Auburn. Like that twenty-one was it. points. Like yeah, twenty-one yeah, points. That, you know what? And no disrespect to Liberty or New Mexico State. No disrespect. These guys play their asses off, but Liberty is a stepping stone program. We've seen coaches jumping now. Duke's Elko, he's gone. Uh, JMU, undefeated, right? Oh, no, they lost no. one game. They, they lost, lost the one game. But he just jumped to uh, Indiana, right? Yeah. Which I don't, we can talk about that later, but I, I don't see why you would jump to Indy. Like, why? You know why? Uh, let me tell you why before we go off the air. You jump. He knows at Indiana he's not going to win a national championship. And he's also he's not, not going to get the best recruits, and he's also if, not going to get the best recruits. He's not, recruit. but if he can get a bowl game season every year, get seven and five, uh, six and and six and six, if he gets bowl eligible every season, you know, now he's got an expanded playoff. He's probably not going to make those. He's never but he, he's got to he's got to go up the career ladder. So I don't blame yeah. him. No, I I don't, I, don't, I, I, no, I don't blame him. And and this is kind of what NIL has done because he knows that he he can love things at JMU, and I'm sure he does love things at JMU. But he he probably is saying that the the better this team is, the more likely I, I am to lose players every single year. Like I I cannot keep the best players on this team because they'll go to Florida State, they'll go to Tennessee, they'll go to you know. If my the better my team does at James Madison, the more likely I am to lose players to better, you know, to these bigger programs. So he's like in a catch twenty two. So unless like he loves just rebuilding the team every year, no, it's the reality, KB. You know, it sucks, and it does suck. It sucks to those programs. Look at the guys that are in good programs have been had productive years, and they're still jumping out. Yeah. Because they're trying to leverage NIL money and they're trying to get into better, bigger markets. It's yeah. really like the NFL model. It's to me, and it may not happen in my lifetime, but it may in yours, that someday NFL money is going to start flowing downhill into these programs. They, okay, That's okay. what I got. This is another, okay, yeah. All right, so I'll pick, uh, just just because Pam, you brought it up, I'll pick uh, Liberty minus, no, I'm going to pick New Mexico State minus 10 on the road. Um so that'll be it. That'll be it. Let's go to New Mexico State. So once again, we're picking the Knowles Saturday night. Let's go Knowles. Hit the bell. Get a notification if we go live with a post-game reaction. Hopefully it'll be to celebrate a big win. Uh, if not, we'll be uh, we'll be discussing. We'll do a post-game show on s- Sunday with a playoff show if that is still, if we're still eligible for it, which I believe we will be. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all for your comments, questions. We appreciate Oh, man, we have great, great, great fans in here today. We love you guys. Please, again, hit that subscribe and like button for us. It helps us, helps you, helps us spread the word on what we're doing. If you like what we're doing, even if you hate what we're doing, if you hate me, hit the damn like button. <laughs> and once again, no matter who goes out to the quarterback, this Florida State team can win the game. Brock, Tate, Duffy. If we manage I'll the game. Hit off the street. I don't care. 
manage the game properly. Norvell will have a game plan I believe in and get Keon Coleman the damn football. That's it. Have a great weekend, y'all. Enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy some time alone with family, whoever you're with, your dog, cat, pigeon. I don't care. Have a good hey, one, y'all. bring we Gus on the program. We we'll want your Gus we'll, on the program. We'll see you soon, and have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy yourself.